Take a moment to be aware of your surrounding. Feel the energy of the space. The temperature, lighting, different sounds. Now take a few deep breaths, breathe in deeply and breathe out softly. With each breath, allow your body to relax and allow your mind to calm. Settle into your posture. Quickly scan through your body from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Notice how you feel this evening, physically and mentally. With that deep awareness about ourselves, let's practice loving-kindness a few minutes. As always, let's begin with ourselves thinking thus, May I be healthy, may I be content, and may I be peaceful. May I be healthy, may I be content, and may I be peaceful.
May I be healthy. May I be content. And may I be peaceful. Now let's share these loving, kind, and positive thoughts with all living beings, humans, non-humans, all the creatures. May they also be healthy, be content, and be peaceful. May all living beings, free from anger, fear, anxiety, stresses, may they all find peace and comfort. Now gently bring your attention to your breath. And try to maintain your focus between your nostrils and upper lip. And then as you inhale and exhale, be mindful of each breath. 
Breathe in mindfully, breathe out mindfully. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. As you keep your eyes closed, please bring your palms together closer to your heart. And then please listen to this brief chanting while you are listening to these beautiful words that have been chanted for many, many years, even in this, within this space. And allow it to create a positive vibration in your heart. Bring all the positive things that you have accomplished, done in your life, and allow all those positive thoughts, vibrations to become a healing energy within your heart. And through the power of all these powerful thoughts, blessings, vibrations, healing energy, may no harm come to you, may no difficulties come to you, may you always find peace and joy. Abhivadana silissa Nichang vaddapachaino Chattaro dhamma vaddanti Ayuannu 
सुखंगलंग आयुरारोग्य संपत्ति अथो निबान संपत्ति इमीनाते समिच्छतु मे पीस बी विथ यू मे यू बी हेल्थी मे यू बी कंटेंट एंड मे यू बी पीसफुल Thank you very much. You may open eyes. Good evening everybody. Thank you for being here. It's good to be here. Um usually I think we do this every third Wednesday. So today I happen to be on the, um in town. So we're going to do it in person. Um question and answers and if you have any questions um i would happy to answer uh, if i know the answer and um and then we can have a little bit of a discussion that's uh, a good question but i did not know the expression straight jacket what's that mean oh so it's a thing that you do i never seen it is it a thing oh i thought it was expression okay yeah probably in in the past um Yeah so if you ask my uh, personal experience yes um unfortunately men- mental health uh is really stigmatized and it's really um very few percentage in the world recognize the importance of mental health even though uh for the longest time heart diseases uh strokes and these things used to be the higher um on the list that people get sick but uh depression anxiety and those things are a few top of the line things and uh world health organization um predict that this is going to be the most debilitating uh illness all around the world not in in america and it's going to be all around the world so to uh, why i said that is because when it's come to um psychosis and uh psychotic features 
uh, people who tend to have psychotic breakdowns. It can happen to anyone. So, and in, in that regards, how intricate our brain is, it can happen to anybody, any given moment. These are drug-induced, these are anxiety-induced, depression-induced. It can happen with any moment. And a lot of pe people that I saw due to COVID and people were freaked out. That freaking out thought process, it's a lot, created some people paranoia and they didn't know how to handle their emotions because emotions are not really, um, the, when emotions are very strong and when they are strong, we kind of act on those things because this is how our brain works, but they are not very reliable and it can really drives us to uh, become, uh, being really, um, in negative, it can have very negative consequences in life. And so we can all go into those psychotic episodes, modes. And I've seen lawyers, doctors, um, that comes through my dose. And I even seen doctors who worked on the unit actually having episodes and come to the dose. Not prior things, but the, um, it, it's the amount of stress. You know, sometimes you don't realize, like someone like a medical doctor to go through the medical um, uh, school, and that's a lot of debt, a lot, a lot of dedication. And then when they come out of residency, that's uh, four years and uh, under $60,000 getting paid. And on top of that, the mounting amount of... Uh, student loan debt and uh, the interest, 7%, 6%, that's a lot. And I met somebody that who pays $60,000 a semester to go to medical school. So imagine that amount of debt when they come out of, when they come out of school. And so we don't see the bigger picture when we see someone and we think, oh, this person is completely psychotic, but we don't recognize why somebody become that. And yes, so I have gotten beaten and I had to, uh, you know, deal with uh, so many occasions. Not only the physical abuse, the mental abuse is the biggest thing in, in mental health uh, field. People, uh, unfortunately, living in the world that they, they, they feel like because of the right to speech, they can just say whatever they want to say. And so that abuse can be really difficult and things that they, you know, say. Um, and we are living in a very, un a lot of uncertainties in the world and people have so many perceptions about people. Uh, the color, the skin color, uh, the names. And if I'm not a James, um, if I don't have a name, like a Western kind of a, a name, that can could be a trigger, someone who not very stable and who has, you know, listening to the same things on the media. And these things really make people paranoid. And so I have had situations like, especially due to COVID and situations like uh, in um, 
politically motivated fear, anger, how they turn into certain people to psychotic episodes. And when they come, some people like me become a very easy target. And so to answer your questions, yes. So I have seen that and I work in a crisis center, which is the hospitals and um, considers as actually crisis centers. And so we get them stabilized. And that uh, firsthand, mindfulness is not working. So they need uh, medications, they need to sleep. Some of these people have not slept for seven days, 14 days. Some people have only slept two hours, two hours a day, few months. And so the brain doesn't get enough rest. And so I can just sit there and I'm just talking about this as a um, purpose of education. So to sort of you will kind of, as you're walking out today, have back of your mind that I could be that person rather than you're judging someone or thinking about that I am all um, sane, you know, thinking about recognizing we all can have, we are very fragile and it can happen to us. And so, um, you know, they, they need that that sleep, rest, and so we have to get them medications right away, and then it takes a couple of, couple of days, and some people are not willing to take pills. If that's the case, then there are a lot of legals involved with mental health, and they will get some, you know, injections, and when they come to census, then you can have a conversation. So I think we use the word psychotic, um, psycho, uh, crazy people very lightly, but I think one of the things about in Buddha's teachings is to really to see that whole thing in a very, uh, with empathy to understand why, why that happens and why, why they are there and how they got there. And that's, for me, the biggest lesson. And to be there and I can just, you know, judge and be angry, be mad, and when they, they say things that I can, you know, just put my monk hat on, just, you know, do my thing. But it's... Um, it's a constant reminder for me to why I practice and what it, mean, what it means to be kind and what it means to be mindful. And when I have that, I have been able to manage it, um, you know, very well. And people receive you. I have had really negative experiences, but as the time goes by, as they recover, and they become totally, like, I mean, if you call me normal, they become like normal, you know. They apologize, and they say that they are sorry, and um, they're very kind. They say, yes, please, thank you, sorry. So, you know, so it, it's a very uh, enlightening experience for me. So I love it.
Sorry, long answer. I'm supposed to only keep it to five minutes, I think. <laughs> yes. Can you elaborate further about mental abuse, per se, like, you know, and how do you cope that up in, like, you know, the Buddhist perspective? Um, so the... Um, That's something that really disheartening, disheartening for me, especially in the um, when a patient come through to uh, listen to some of the stories and um, how um, that abuse has taken place in some people's lives and it's a it's a it's a big um, part of people growth and development and that affects in their every aspect in their lives and it follows them and I actually didn't realize the significance of that until I really came to the states and I had you know, a little bit of exposure to um, psychology um, and, you know, um, how how my perception, my view change on certain things. Um, because when you know a certain way of life, you think that that's probably how it is, you know. And I remember um, I had a friend that um, she was a social worker. She worked for a sheriff office, and her uh, one day she got a call, and she went to this house, and there were three kids living in this very small house, and they were not going to school, and these kids were taught uh, that they are living in a mansion. And they were taught that this is the best place that they can ever ever imagine, and that they are safe. And when they went, when they, when she went in there, and they were filthy, mal malnourished, and they were mentally abused. And in a sense, where that they are the the way that they look at the world had has changed. And so they they thought that four walls within the four walls that they live in, it, it, it was a mansion. And they would keep saying, these kids would keep saying, our house is bigger because that's what they were taught. And so the mental abuse has really a very negative consequences in life and a lot of people that I see um, day to day have had some sort of uh, mental abuse and so it's a it's a really a sad reality and some people it's a generational and they have really not open to it they have not learned uh, my way of doing things is not the best way to do it because this is what I've, I've taught. And this happened to me. And, 
And if you ask Bhante Asaji that I was a tyrant teacher, and he was, he will say that. But why? Because this is what I saw. I was taught to be tough. And this is what I, this is what I learned. And so, Sometimes it's the, 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 there is a missing that education part. There is, there is some links missing. And so we, I don't know who to blame, but that has a very negative effect, um, on, on lives. So in the light of, um, Buddhist perspective, uh, Buddhism is always, for me, is a path where that always teaches us to always um, develop kindness and wisdom together. Not just wisdom alone, not just kindness alone. And that's a big lesson for me because that's where we need to link our thinking. And people who are always rational, very green personalities tend to be very harsh towards certain things. And so, for me, there is a, a valuable lesson as far as personality development and um, um, as far as the um, uh, to develop self-fulfillment. Um, I think there is a, a huge lesson for me. And so, that's one of the things that really... I'm intrigued in Buddha's teachings that every time when he talks about wisdom, he always address kindness. And so when we have those pieces together, and I think that it's a lot easier to show someone the path, and it's, it's a lot easier to because kindness allows you to listen to someone. And for me, that's, that's what it is. And being in a psychiatric, and, in the morning when I start my shifts, it's a 12-hour shifts. So my med my medication pass, I, I take the longest. I'm not bragging about it because I'm proud of what I'm doing. Um, because I take time to listen to people. And that kindness to me. And when I when I listen to them, they start their story. And when when I, when I feel like that they can change their way of thinking, then I do not advise, but I use the open communication to really to um, look for answers, find solutions. And sometimes I don't have solutions, but um, suggest certain things and provide certain uh, education and I get the social workers involved with that and that whole thing is where that I find that wisdom part comes into play and I can listen and be there and be supportive in the same time and I can provide as much as education possible and for me that's that love um, that kindness and the wisdom part and in, in, in Buddhist teachings, Pali words is called uh, Panya and Karna. And so, and I think if we, as, as humans, as a society, and if we can really dive into that and understand um, the, these two things, two links, 
And I think we can really come out of it because the other thing is that we, if, if you're someone who have a history of abuse, and a lot of time what happened for these people is that they have not gotten through therapy or way to deal with it, cope with it, and they hide it, they hide it, and they have learned ways to go around it and cope with when things arise. And these were not always been positive, and they have not positively dealt with those things. And in life, what I see that it comes to a point that they can't handle that anymore. And when that happened, their support system fails. People as a society, we fail. And this is what I see a lot in mental health. A lot of people who have these type of situations, actually, they are mostly homeless, unfortunately. The, the reality of this issue is actually they become um, homeless. And it's a very sad thing. And at the end of the year, the government, the state says, we spend this much money on mental health. For what? Nothing. They didn't fix anything. They think that giving a pill fix everything. It really doesn't. And Medicare, Medicaid, I, I want to be an advocate for this, and they are trying to get rid of actually paying for therapy. And it's a bad move to do, because people think that we are becoming a society more and more that um, quick fixes. A pill can fix everything. But that's not how it works. And so for me, uh, being there with my patients, whoever I take care of that day, and being there listening to them and being able to kind to them and provide, providing that education, um, really important. And I think um, what I do is Buddhism in action. And um, um, so it's... Um, it's, it's the way for us to heal and it's, it's the way for us to as a community to heal. And, uh, that's why the, um, in Buddhist teachings that community is such an important concept. We call it Sangha. And when we address the idea of Sangha is that we have a support system and in a support system in a Sangha, there are so many different personalities, and when we call Sangha, bhikkhuni upasaka upasika. So this is monks, nuns, laymen, and laywomen. So everybody includes in it. And it's not just monks, it's not just the lay people. And everybody in COVID in included, and we heal as a community. And in Buddhist time, when they went into retreats, and this is a really an important thing because we live in, in a world that, you know, technology is becoming really advanced and COVID we really saw, we implemented Zoom and this, this and that to really, you know, to get education and all this stuff. But there was a lot of social isolation. And also with, with new technology, with phones, I'm, I'm, um, gaming and um, computers and all these things that we spend m most of the time in isolation with ourselves, uh, with a device. And we really don't communicate with each other. We don't look at each other. We don't look at eyes. We, you know, so, um, so th there is this disconnection. 
And so one of the beautiful things about in Buddha's teachings, you will see if you get into sutra classes and like that, that he always sent these monks in groups, like 200 monks, 500 monks that went into retreats because there is that support system. It's really, really important. And when we have that support system, we can heal as a society, community. And there are a lot of ways that Buddha has shown that how can we heal as individuals when we work together as a community and developing kindness, um, wisdom, where is that, you know, basically the cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, there are so many implications when we are part of a community. Interpersonal relationships is a, such an important thing for us to uh, work as a community. And so when we are in a community, we recognize that, you know, I have these issues and so I can express my concerns, my fear, my anger, anxiety, and it provides us a safe place. And so no one is judgmental. And so for me, I try to provide that um, in, in at work um, as a psychiatric nurse, but what, what I can do is limited. But I think I, if if each of you are in this room really, um, you know, motivated to do that, when somebody going through a difficult time, taking time to really to listen to that person, and because you really don't know what's happening. For example, I'll tell you what happened today. So I talked to a, um, a friend of mine and said that her daughter is um, pregnant, I think a teenager, and she doesn't want to keep the baby. And you know rules are regulations are changing with, uh, with abortions and everything. Um, I don't want to go into politics. But she is disheartened by her daughter's decision. And then when I was talking to her, you know, walking through it, being a noble friend. I was, this happened today. And then all of a sudden she said, this is really difficult for me because my mom, when I was pregnant, she wanted to abort me. But she, she went to the doctor, but she changed her mind, ran away. And I heard this story and this is what's happening right now, triggering me. And then later on, some other incident happened, and I knew who that happened with. And with when that person reached out to this person with who is going through everything in life with this crisis, and she had no idea, and she just blab everything she wants to say, and. I was involved with this conversation that happened and she was having a really difficult time. 
So what I was thinking is, the person that who was saying all those things to the other person had taken time to say, hey, this is not what I meant when I said that, and can we just take a breath? And because the other person have no idea what that the, the person is going through right now. And it could be you, it could be your friend, it could be somebody see on the street. And, you know, it, it's really important. And so this is, this is where that kindness, awareness come, come to play. And so this is why our practice is so crucial. And we think that mindfulness practice is supposed to this enlighten us. That's what the enlightenment is about, like l being able to listen to someone non-judgmentally. And where if somebody is upset and to ask that, why are you upset? And one of the uh, neat things that I notice uh, when I, I'm, I'm doing my clinical rotations right now to become a um, psychiatric NP, and I'm, I'm being precepted by this um, 73-year-old psychiatrist, and it's really touched me every time when a patient shares a concern, she says, thank you for telling me that. And I'm so sorry that you, are, you have to go through that. And it's really amazing when somebody says that, how I observe them, and how that provides them comfort. So, as people, we can heal each other. Because we all have wounds, we all been hurt, and we all have things that had happened in the past. And, but unfortunately, we hide these things, we try to keep them, you know, underneath, but there is a time comes in life that these things comes up, and for, like that lady, and what happened to her, it wasn't even, she was really, I mean, there are things that had happened to her after that. But that it really didn't trigger her until the situation that arised with her daughter. And it was still there. It was a concern. But so these things, we all have that. And it comes up time to time and you know um sorry i'm think i'm going off of the topic but for me that kindness and um wisdom which is i always link these two to mindfulness is the wisdom part and that's where that we learn these coping skills through so many different things, whether it's mindfulness, talking, uh, all these things, reading, listening, whatever you do. And then the, the, the kindness, really having that, developing that non-judgmental, um, really a, um, a genuine um, kindness, compassion really um, help, I think, get through those things. Yes, Nancy.
Right. Yeah, I think everybody should be concerned, and and then we should play our role in it. And that I was discussing today with someone actually outside, standing. Um, I know things are changing, and we are expecting like a miracle or someone to come and change the rules and. That's probably not gonna happen, but if I can really um, at work for me, that's where I am best at. And if I can be effective, and if I can inspire someone that come to my life for that day to get help, and if I can somehow be there and be an inspiration to that person and say that, you know, there is hope. And if we all can find a way to do that, and I think we can really have a ripple effect on, on the society. And there is no, uh, some, there, I don't think they are going to be a savior. And, you know, people, we think politicians going to solve this regulations going to change this. I think it's just that as a society, we have to change the way we, you know, um, do things and how, how we um, manage our responsibilities and how can I be most effective. And I think that will really uh, make a difference in someone um, Elsa's life, and so I, I think we shouldn't be what's the word complacent. We should, we should, we should discuss. We should have an open forum about it, and um, that's why the in in Buddhist teachings that's it's so crucial, so important because he says. The Manopubangama Dhamma, that mind is the forerunner of everything. And so this was 2,500 years ago. And, and it's the same thing today, right? 
and he didn't study the brain, he didn't study the dopamine, serotonin, nothing. He said, there is a mind that you can, you can work with it. And how can we, you know, um, flourish our mind? And how can we nourish it? And how can we protect it? And, and then what, what we are learning and how can we share that with others and whoever come into contact with. And I think that's going to make a, you know, difference in, we, we get caught up in the, in the, in, in the moment. Things happen, but I always remind people, you know, every time you have to a call customer service, you know, um, your bank card is somebody stole, took money from it, and you're calling someone, and you're all pissed off, and you say the nastiest things. But do we ever think how many people are probably calling that person and saying the same thing I'm saying? I mean, just for a minute, like, you can probably make a change by saying, hey, thank you so much for helping me today. Can you please help me? And I'm sure you're dealing with those things a lot. And in fact, actually, I saw a patient who were working for one of those Bank of America fraud claims, and she was so angry, and her anger, her frustrations, her... And I was thinking, like, how many people, like, you know, probably calling her, abusing her. That's mental abuse for her. And I know it's here the moment we say things. And that's why I think that kindness, awareness, mindfulness, and we can, we can take this to our day-to-day life. And we can be, if you're a teacher, you know, how, how you can manage that. And if you're at a teacher's conference or a parent conference and how, when there is a, something that negative going on how can you navigate through it and like when somebody upset when somebody says something that negative our our first reaction is rather than figuring out why that person is upset we just raise our voice and you know we, we very quickly react and so it's really difficult to heal as a society like that. Because you have, I think it's important to understand why I am upset and why they're upset. And you know, sometimes one of the funniest things is actually when people come to, um, like psychiatric hospitals, it's, it's just amazing, like how, uh, ice water can help people. You know, sometimes it's just like, I would just listen to sometimes, like, verbal abuse. I listen and listen, and then at the end of it, and I say, I, I can see that you're really upset. We have so many choices to do, things to drink. Apple juice, orange juice, cranberry juice, anything sounds good to you. And... You know, they just basically say, yeah, I'll have this. And when you bring it back, they say, thank you. It's like nothing happened. It's amazing. And so, 
And I think, you know, it, it, we have a really a powerful tool. And I think, you know, this, this space is, you know, use it and, you know, to, for that personal growth and development. And then always take that home and apply it with your kids, apply it with your boyfriend, your, you know, relationship with on the road and especially on the road. And if you're someone who will listen to news and, you know, while you're listening to news and how many times you just like to listen to somebody that who always have conspiracy theory, but you still listening and bickering about it, you have the choice to turn it off or just listen to it non-judgmentally. It's part of our practice. Because your anger really is not going to change the person, how that person is going to just behave. And so this, this practice can help you guide through, guide through difficult times. And I think that's where you're going to find your mental strength. That wouldn't lead you to where that people get this paranoid idea and it wouldn't lead you to higher anxiety and which going to have really negative effect on your body and then it's, it's going to affect your other things. You know, it's affect your high blood pressure and your depression and anxiety affect your, the whole body and then uh, the stresses affect your glucose level in the body. And the, you know, at the end, of the, at the end, next thing you know is that you're physically ill because we don't see the whole picture. And so I think, you know, we, we can, we can do a lot on ourselves. And so that's why it's really important to understand when Buddha said that you are your own savior. And there is a deeper meaning to that. Because at the end of the day, your mental health really depends on your actions, your choices. And the whole thing fits into the idea of karma. I hope you learned something today. And I know it's supposed to be a discussion, but I talked the whole time. But anyway, um, and I hope that you, I am, I'm really passionate about this, as you can see. Mental health is just so crucially important to me as, uh, that's because my, that's my profession. And monk, um, my path has helped me. And I am, I am a nurse by career, but I am a monk in the heart. And so those two really has helped me to guide through this path. And I think we all can implement this practice to really to improve ourselves. And when we really see that improvement with ourselves, that really, as we go and do our jobs, because that's, that's where we live. And you can be more effective as a teacher, volunteer, whatever your duty is.
on the road, if you are a, you know, a, a bus driver, whatever you are doing. And there is always an opportunity to be kind. There is always an opportunity to help someone with your words, your actions. Um, so, and I hope um, you will keep that in mind. Thank you for listening. Thank you.